0: I just always thought it was a good idea. Like, oh, this could be an emblem of where we're from, you know, the California thing. And then, ironically, you you can sort all this out in your (laughs) massive (laughs) fucking (laughs) editing. But uh, then, years later, my my old sidekick, Zeke Owen, who's genius genius scene tattooer, who was I was able to work with early on um, in San Diego, he painted up a sheet at the military guys have sort of emblematic designs for every state. I think he had almost every state on that. And I thought, well, that's kind of funny. Cool. And he said, no, but these guys, these service guys are away from home and they'll go for this thing. Yeah. So when I got back from Japan the first time working with Oguri, I was so thrilled to be back in California because my whole fantasy thing of uh, conquering Japan had gone sideways and you know, <laughs> a good slap of reality for my young, you know, massive ego. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> And I had space on the back of my arm, so I had to put this California tattoo on me, which is like a palm tree with a ribbon coming out saying California and deep said it was supposed to be the Santa Monica skyline with yeah. So, you know, and I've always been very keen on the kind of just the simple nostalgia and souvenir aspect yeah. of that tattoo is above and beyond any, you know, complicated or you know, the things that people get worked up about the stories about their tattoos and expect to. Than being with Wild Tunnel's saying this phrase of of, uh, of their little their stickers their you know marks of your passage of what you did yeah. in life and it's like in the old Boy's Adventures you know the old pirate at the bar yeah and he starts showing his tattoos and telling where he got them here and there in the world so um, so that was kind of how the orange came about um, and uh, I, I mixed up things with from the Flash um, and also um, I guess other things that occurred to me. Um, the orange was a good thing that you picked because there, there weren't that many I think that I really kind of picked out of thin air and did based on some you know cartoon character or, or existing tattoo design
1: yeah well, and that, that stood out to me because it just sort of it it, you know, it, it stands out as not a kind of stereotypical tattoo design but you've drawn it in you know, in a very kind of stylized way. Even that early on, you seem to have a sense of how to put a design together and, and what a tattoo should look like. And I mean, really, that, that just—I don't you know—I just got the sense that you, there was an eye, even even when you were so young, you, you spotted something interesting there. Like that—that's that, not just someone straight up copying a copying yeah. a sheet. There's something interesting going on there. Yeah, I and
0: I think I worked on that flash. That, that was the earliest stuff uh, because I started this obsession when I was ten. And then yeah. As you read, I'm sure it sort of lasted until I was about 12, and then it was just too much of a little kid thing. I realized, and you know, Bert told me that he he'd me when I was 15. I think he said that, which I believe Bob Shaw was about 15 when he learned to tattoo from her. <laughs> um, but by then, you know, I was on to other things, so uh, but I did graduate from the, the very rough, the, the early pencil ones, which I love because they were so pure, yeah. And then I began trying to make what flash sheets really looked like, and I actually bought a speedball you know, ink pen. <laughs> I actually bought the wrong kind of an but it was a square knit instead of a B series. It's a whatever the one is it but so if you make a corner with it, it it changes the width of the line. I didn't realize the tattoo yeah. were using these, these round <laughs> uh, but I was obsessed with getting it right, with mimicking all this stuff and I began doing a few with watercolors and uh, and then copying and then I had hold of the dice books because a huge early influence too was discovering that I could send away for tattoos from yeah. that catalog, you know, these books and which was really fantastic. You know, they didn't know I was a kid. I'm sure they didn't care. But I had dice. I had Baldwin and Rogers. They were the two primary ones that advertised. So, so I would just pour over the the, the tiny reproductions of Flash in those books, and learn yeah. kind of learned to draw a lot of those. Uh, do
1: you, I mean, do you think that's how <clears throat> that's how I mean, most people get their start? That they got their start when you back in the day that people were. You know this whole idea of copying and translation is sort of inherent to the art form somehow. That there's such, you're tracing things and copying things and getting tattoos that look like tattoos. Do you a resource That it certainly was the case when I was growing up. You know, I I saw tattoos on my uncles and you know I, I knew the tattoos had to be anchors and and ships and things. Is, is there something about this act of copying that's this 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 transformation? And, and because I was
0: I was comfortable with that and just like copying maybe comic books that I was keen on. Yeah. Um, but later, as I got, you know, more aware of, of you know, art with a capital A, and again, my obsession with, with art history and all that, um, I was, it was one reason I think I gravitated toward, say, Western art tradition and certainly Asian art tradition yeah. because of which I got, you know, began to get really deeply into when I was probably, you know, 16, something like that. But, uh, but instead of this obsession in the West, which of course can be <laughs> takes up volumes of you know <laughs> documentation. knowing about and it. This thing about we must be, and it feeds into this whole social thing about we have to be unique, we have yeah. to be original, we yeah. have to be I am me. No one else has ever created something like this in the history. What was pathetic? It's bullshit. And yeah, exactly. Blum's uh, favorite uh, phrase about about Duchamp. He said Duchamp was all right. But, he said he led all these guys up a box canyon, you know, by, by sort of kicking off conceptual art. And, uh, and it, it, it was a science thing from the old Western movies when we were kids, you know, they, they'd get these guys and lead them up a closed canyon, and the Indians would be able to go and shoot them all arrows. And In other words, it's a hopeless pursuit to try to have such an ego that you're going to come up with something that no one in the world has ever seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, I was completely comfortable working in a tradition. In fact, it led me back to that when I bailed on the thing about going to Yale, I, I, you know, reconnected with tattooing. Frankly, because I was scared shitless about, I didn't think I could turn the mustard. <laughs> yeah. You know, and be be around these people that were, you know, huge intellects. My my outside opinion, you know, probably what these people were like and amazingly talented. And I thought, you know, I'm going to crawl back to the safety of tattooing, which I think I could do something with. Yeah,
1: because you, you wrote, a, you were you were writing an essay or a thesis or a class presentation on tattooing as a, a folk art, right? Is that? I, I seem to remember that from your book. You write about Yeah. yeah how young, I really
0: uh, I really did always see it as a as a folk art and of course inshallah as much as I loved it and was completely, you know, it blew my mind. It was it was really like I said, in those years when I was young, when I found it, I just thought i I had no I didn't have any the kind of grandiose, you know, musings that I've had ever since. <laughs> I've become an adult that I was fortunate enough to be fabulous destined, you know, I feel that I have an extremely fortunate path in life that somehow and I'm not I don't have that's a lot of time to sit around navel gazing and go, you know, who who am I? Who am I reincarnated? But the fact is is I just fucking walked into this thing and when I saw it, I recognized the power of it and absolutely took me over. Yeah. And then and I was keen on that. But then I I dropped it really getting into art school and I thought wouldn't well, have a tattoo and that was all right. And it's still Essentially, it hadn't really changed. And then that, that, you know, dynamic moment when I met Phil Sparrow, A, that he was obviously a very cultured, intelligent person, yeah. the shop was set up completely from anyone else's. And, and the fact that, again, the good luck that he showed me this book that had just come out, is very rare, it's only in 500 copies, and the great Japan Japanologist, film critic Donald Ritchie, yeah. who lived lived there since World War II, um, you know, written a text, he shows me this picture, he says, oh, you're an art student? These are real art tattoos, and it it was just it was just like being hit by lightning when I saw those things. It completely turned my head around, and because I didn't have any concepts... I guess I'd seen some photos of Japanese tattoos when I was a little kid. There was that, Life magazine article through the tattoo shops, so and I'd had some of that in the windows. Yeah. But the fact that this thing could be much more developed, which in its way, too, is very much a folk art, almost more deeply oh, embedded really? in the culture, or with more strands going out to high culture for lack of a better word or other mediums that had deep and proven history there. How I didn't realize until I got that got over to Japan and then realized that Oguri and all these Japanese catchers, they were just copying things themselves, yeah. refrained them and that was the rule. Yeah. Change it, don't change it.